It's that time again. Another episode of Scaring is Sharing. Yes, the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello. Hello. We're the Scare Boys. The Scare Boys. Yes, with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim, Rosk. And you are Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flame and scream queen himself. That is right. We are here to scare and share and care. For all things horror. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> there is a book called Live, Laugh. No, wait. Live. Wait, what is it? What is what is the thing you just said? Live, laugh, live, love? love. Yeah. Live, yes. laugh. Fuck my life. I can't remember. There's some book that they had on. <laughs> um, uh, tell, t- sc- talk scary to me. Um, oh, okay. That sounded... Eat, pray, fuck my life. That's what it was. Eat, pray, okay. fuck my life. And it sounded really good. It was D. Wallace's daughter wrote it after like she went through like a big breakup. Oh, wow. Turning it into a movie. But it's I, I was like, that's a great title. If I could remember it properly, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> and if you've never listened to us before, Jeremy and I talk about scary movies and horror things and whatnots. And then we uh, share a scary movie with the other person that they've not seen before. Then we go away for a spell and we watch them and we come back and we talk about our feelings about the movies. Yes. <laughs> that is what we do. And sometimes just our feelings. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes. It does happen. It does we happen. are human beings after all. So, yes. Jeremy, um, have you watched anything uh, since we last met? Uh, not, well, I got something in last night. I was on vacation, on family vacation for the last uh, few days. But Did you see uh, any ghosts? I didn't. And I told my wife, all I want to see is a Bigfoot or a UFO or a ghost or all three. <laughs> all three in one, please. Yep. I don't know. I said I, what I said was, I want to see the ghost of Bigfoot riding a UFO across the, uh, across Lake Michigan. But oh my God, happen. that would have been so great. Didn't happen. But uh, when we got, we got home yesterday and last night we did watch Twister. Uh, Fun. Which I believe is adjacent enough. Um, Hits, oh, yeah. checks the boxes of scary and thrilling and disaster movie for the two of us so of course Heck that's what yeah. we chose to watch haven't no, seen you, twister in a few years okay, and, but you have uh, both of you have oh, yeah. seen it yeah every time yes yes and every time i rewatch it i'm like this was such a huge part of my childhood like mm-hmm. twister was definitely like a rewatch movie like over and over um it's real corny it's real campy like that's definitely where it fits for me these days so Yes, and I I always, I think we've talked about before, who knows when, over the years, but I always remember the trailer had a tractor tire, like, flying at the windshield, mm-hmm. and that was, like, not in the movie, and that was, like, such, like, where was that shot? Because that's how it, like, ended the trailer, which, like, these days seems like they will often add things in trailers that aren't it in the movies. Happens all the time. Yeah. Yep. But I think it was like a an initially a part of like a special effect test, and then they loved it so much they just like put it in the trailer. So, gotcha. and the sequel is going to be coming out. I mean, I don't know if they've started, yeah, that's but I, that's what I was reading online is that they they're still planning on doing a sequel, Twisters. Um, 
But I was kind of like, okay, it's sort of a bummer, though, that two people are already gone from that movie. Both uh, Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman are no longer with us. And I'm like, that's kind of shocking to think about, considering they're not all that old. So No, no, they died way too young. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I I do love that movie, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have not seen it in at least 20 years. So who knows how I would feel about it these days. But I think it could be worth a rewatch. Yeah, and it was, I didn't realize either, executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Well, and that Uh, tracks, but I didn't remember that. It tracks, and the script was written by Michael Crichton. Oh, So, yeah, there you go. Because we were like, this kind of has a Jurassic Park feel to it. Oh, that's why. Uh, (laughs) Because the people behind Jurassic Park made this movie, so. Uh Uh-huh, yep. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember that. Or at mm-hmm. the time, well, I'm sure at the time I would have, I mean, Jurassic Park was humongoid when that yeah, movie so came that out. Yeah, so that was probably in the news, but I totally forgot those things as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, no wonder it feels like exactly like those types of thrillers that were coming yeah. out. Yeah, Uh The only thing that I watched was The Boogeyman from 1980, which I don't think I'd oh. ever seen all the way through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was actually good. Cool. Like, I, okay. I think I tried watching it as a kid and was like, what is this shit? Like, this isn't like Halloween because it's, yeah, it's kind of about like a haunted mirror in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and and I really liked it. It's stylish. It's it's bizarre. And um, yeah, it's on Shudder. There's like a, a it's that's where I, I caught it. And it's 82 minutes. I mean, I love that. I love yeah. the shorty. I've never seen it. I've heard mixed things about it over the years. I know people have said, like, if you're into kind of cheesy, but Mm -hmm. also it's like a weird mix of Halloween and slasher movies, but with like The Exorcist or something like along those lines. Um, And it popped back up on my radar in recent years. Well, within the past year, uh, because Quentin Tarantino on his podcast uh, with Roger Avery, they they were talking about it uh, because their podcast was they own the I think I've talked about this before, but it's called the Video Archives podcast. Um, They both before they made it big. Roger Avery was Tarantino's co-writer on Pulp Fiction. So uh, and he's a filmmaker in his own right. But they used to work together in California at a video store, a video rental store before either of them, you know, found Hollywood success. Uh, And they uh, when the video store went out of business, they both bought like the archive, like all of the inventory, and they have been rewatching all the videos and reviewing them. And one of them was the boogeyman and they both talked it up. So I was like, OK, I got to finally see this thing because I've heard so much about it uh, and how weird it is. So I, I should see it for myself. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And I always thought the poster was just sort of like like someone created like the artwork for the poster and that's all. But like it is the the woman from the movie who reminds me of like a young Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. But also like in a way like Laurie Metcalf's daughter who plays the younger version of her on Young Sheldon. Like so mm-hmm. I kind of meld the two together in my mind, which is uh-huh. such a cool like I don't, I don't know what you call that that word. Such a cool thing to happen. There's a better word than thing. Um, But but yeah, I, I think that she looks like her, especially in the poster. But I really liked the the lead gal in it. Her name is Susanna Love. And she's in the sequel as well. It does mm. not, the OG, I mean, the, the Boogeyman from 1980 does not have a great rating on Letterboxd as a 2.7. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not great. But yeah, I recommend it. Like, I mean, not like you're watching anything great, but it just is unusual. And mm-hmm. I think that feels refreshing sometimes. So absolutely. 
I'm all for it. I also have to say, I, Joe and I were watching something and someone said, I could care less. And I just like it stuck in my mind. I started to think about it. I'm like, I don't. And I said aloud, I don't really understand that phrase. I could care less because it's usually someone says that about something that they have no f- good feelings for whatsoever. And Joe's like, that's because it's incorrect. People say it all the time, but the correct phrase is, I couldn't care less, Careless. which yeah. makes so much sense. So after he said that, then I, as a, a dork as I am, I was re-listening to our last episode and I say, I could care less at least twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> language. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's, one of those, it wrong. it's one of those turns of phrase that people say wrong all the time, so it's just been accepted as the same thing as I couldn't care less because yeah, what are there's are other so ones too. Yeah, I can't a, remember. There's a, much like um, uh, irregardless. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it has become its own word because it should just be regardless, but people say irregardless, and they mean the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I. I mean, I don't love those, but it's so fascinating to discover it and then have it like correct itself in your mind. And then you can never unhear it when something when someone says it. And I'm definitely not the type of person to be like, you know, you're saying that wrong. Um, I will definitely probably silently judge them in my head, um, but but not allowed. Never Mm -hmm. allowed. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Jeremy, we have a lot of telegrams. Oh, boy. One new one. But why don't you start us off? All right, I'll go with the first one. And the first telegram goes, Morning, guys. I enjoyed your last episode. You always make me smile and laugh out loud. Of course, there's always the part where you recommend to watch or to steer clear of a horror movie I haven't seen. That said, I'll have to catch Hatching and watch Toxic Avenger 2, but with a group of like-minded friends. I recommended watching Dead Dicks, but forgot to include a disclaimer. If male full frontal offends you, be warned. <laughs> it actually does fit the plot. So uh, mm. I, I assume with the name Dead Dicks that, yeah. you know, there you go. Makes sense. So what have I been watching? Bug. Great cast. Quirky plot. More horror adjacent, I think. But in the end, not for me. Creep. Wow. How have I missed this? Not at all what I expected going in. I was hooked and kept guessing. Sell. I remember being underwhelmed by this Stephen King novel. The movie starts with promise and then crashes hard. A number of scary scenes are just laughable. Blue Velvet. I haven't seen this in forever. Total flashback to all the Twin Peaks vibes. What's your take on these titles? That's all for now. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay you. Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. Yeah, um, for me, Bug, I saw in college. We're talking Ashley Judd, right? And Michael Shannon, probably. We are talking, yes, the William Friedkin directed, Mm -hmm. because I remember not liking it, because the only reason I watched it is because it was directed by William Friedkin, and the ad campaign was like, from the director of The Exorcist, uh, and they played it up that way. I had no idea it was a stage play. I had no idea, like, any of the, you know... I was not prepared for it and I watched it and didn't like it. I've always wanted to rewatch it because I'm sure I'd have better appreciation now uh, that I know Mm -hmm. something about it. I directed bug. It was one of my, the first shows I directed maybe like in the first five shows I ever directed Mm -hmm. and 
fucking love the play. We watched the movie like right after we closed the play and I felt it was so slow because, um, or so fast. I can't remember which. I think I felt it was so fast. I, I, I don't remember which. One way or the other, I felt the speed was weird. But I've since rewatched it and really, really liked it without it being so fresh in my mind, having just done it and had my own choices in mind and things like that. Mm-hmm. I really love it. Um, the, the, the great thing about the play and the movie too, but it's like, are they in each other's head? Like, that's where I learned about Fuala Du. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. like, sort of, like, shared psychosis. Is that Madden- the right... Yeah, madness shared by two. So, yes. yeah. Uh, Delu- delusions I- that... Shared delusions. Yes. I just... The play was so great because you really were able to dig into that and, like, what is real, what isn't. And, you know, ultimately, you just have to decide for your characters that it is real because that's the more interesting choice than being like, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really liked the movie, ultimately. I mean, it was sort of what Michael Shannon had been around, but it was sort of the first big starring role that I can remember him having. And yeah, it was a sort of blew up from there. Break breakout role for him. For sure. Because he was in the stage play originally. Okay. And so he sort of transferred over. I, I believe I have that correct. But I, I love Bug. It is um it's a it's an unusual watch. And I again I, I as I've said before, I love things centered around addiction, like horror films and things. And that one is uh definitely which they really steer clear of in the movie, which was something I did not care for it about. Cause in the play they are constantly smoking crack. And that help that leans into it so much. I think like in the movie you see them like smoking a bowl at one point or something, but like it is such an important element of the plot that they are like druggies mm-hmm. like because then it's like really are they just like tweakers and just like imagining like these bugs crawling underneath their skin and in their bodies and things but like the movie without that element it really just changed the whole thing but I, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of bug as um a property I guess I should say sure what's okay. next uh creep which uh. We're a creep-loving podcast. Oh, yeah. And Teacher Drew, you got to watch the sequel now. Yeah, it might be... I think we landed on it might be better than the first one when we Yeah, I don't know. It. I can't I remember. remember. Yeah, I, I, in my mind, I like the first one better, but the second one's good. Like, you think, oh, it's just going to be the same thing. And, no. I mean, there are similar elements, but it is very different. Yeah, we, we love Creep, Creep 2, and there's supposed to be a Creep 3 and a Creep 4, I think. I think they had it plotted out for four movies, they said. I think so. so, but there's been no word. So I, yeah, yeah, no word but yet. I love, um, what's his name? I, I want to say Josh Duvall. That's not right. Uh, 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 Duplass. Uh, yes. Is it Mark, Mark Duplass? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I get, I I get confused because there's actually two of them. They're brothers. It's one's the actor, one's more on the director mm-hmm. side, and I cannot remember. And Mark uh, Duplass gets nudie in the second one, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. He's so he's so sexy. I love the Duplass brothers. But yeah, we love we love Cell uh, or not Cell Creep. The yes. next one is Cell. Yeah. Cell. I never saw. I remember this is the one. It's based on the Stephen King novel it has to do with cell phones and Mm -hmm. it's it's like a zombie story Mm -hmm. uh i remember being i always wanted to read the book have never read that one uh and then was interested in the movie because the movie if i remember has john cusack in the lead and it's got samuel l jackson supporting so you're like with a cast like that come on but i heard the movie was not very good so i stared yeah a 1.9 on letterbox that's rough I steered clear of it because I remember it came out and it was one of those movies that had like overwhelming negative reviews from critics. So it's just like, okay, I guess maybe someday I'll see it if I just happen to catch it, but I'm not going to seek it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then the last one is Blue Velvet, which um, I have to say I am a 
if you guys haven't put it together uh, from clues I've left, I love David Lynch. He's possibly one of my favorite directors. So uh, I love Blue Velvet. So, yeah, I haven't seen it in a million years. I think I watched it when I was watching Twin Peaks almost 20 years ago. All I remember, because I think my husband says this from time to time in a very jokey manner, but uh, baby wants to fuck. Yeah, because <laughs> that's um, Dennis Hopper, right? Dennis Hopper. That is the like Dennis Hopper fully unhinged, like maniacal yes. role in yes. that. He's so good. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan is amazing in it. Uh, let's is not Laura forget. Dern in it? It's her first movie. Laura okay. Dern's you know breakout was wow. right there david lynch gave her 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 shot um and he, she would continue to she's been in a ton of david lynch stuff so mm-hmm. she's one of his common collaborators um same with kyle mclaughlin uh which i think this was what kyle mclaughlin's no 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 no. they did dune right before this that was uh kyle mclaughlin's first movie but david lynch loved working with him so much that he stayed on as you know with twin peaks and blue velvet and mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah, so I'm I'm all about Blue Velvet. I haven't seen it in a few years. I need to rewatch it again. But I, it's it's intense and dark and twisted. So fuck yeah. Have you seen that Laura Dern David Lynch film? It's like something Rabbit, like White Rabbit or some shit. Oh, I, are you thinking of Inland Empire, which features a thing called rabbits? You know, maybe is it long? Yes, it's like three hours long. Inland Empire. There's a segment in there where people keep watching a television show that has been broken out as its own short film called rabbits because it's about humanoid rabbits. It's like a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. How is it? Is it weird? Is it good? I saw, I tried to watch inland empire in college. Didn't get it. Cause I think I was early in my, like at that point I could watch David Lynch's like narratively coherent things, Mm -hmm. Uh, but his more, the things like Mahal and Drive were just beyond me at that point to like appreciate. Um, but now I just picked up for my birthday, in fact, the Inland Empire Criterion like Blu-ray mm. remaster they just put out. I've been meaning to sit down and engage with it because um, I like Mahal and Drive now. That was a movie I that went so. that went from I hated it the first time I saw it and have grown to just love it over time. Um, the Twin Peaks movie uh, Fire Walk with Me is another one where it's it's like Mulholland Drive. Like, it's just a bunch of seemingly, dis- you know, it follows all his weird mm-hmm. dreamlike logic and the plot's not really coherent, but I've grown to love that too. So I'm ready for Inland Empire, which is like Mulholland Drive, but even more just kind of seemingly a collection of random things thrown together with a very loose plot thread. So, uh, but it's three hours long. So it's, I know, a, that's it's an investment. One. Yeah. But yeah, I've been meaning to get into it. I know everyone calls these his like. I, I mean, they, people call them horror movies because they don't know where else to put them because they do feature nightmare dream logic scenarios. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like Mulholland Drive doesn't really fit anywhere but horror, I guess. <laughs> like that's where you want to place it. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm, sure. I'm, I am I can't. I'll report back. Once All I right, finally finish, do. once I finish it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I know it's quite a, and it's it's David Lynch's last theatrical movie. He hasn't, hmm. and that's from two thousand six. So it's wow. been almost twenty years since he's gotten a theatrical project off the ground. Come on, Davey. I know I'd like him to do one more, but you know, yeah. people people aren't into the art house. There's no money in it. That's what he's been saying. The problem is, is he can't get stuff financed for movies because that's not what they're looking for these days. He's a sugar daddy to just do it for him. I know, right? So, 
Well, thanks for writing in, Teacher Drew. And yes, check back after you watch Creep 2. Want to know what you think. Yes, absolutely. All right, next, we have an email from Gay John, as he's referring to himself. Okay. And the subject is longtime listener, first-time writer. Oh, we love that. We do love that. And John writes, I've been sincerely meaning to write you ghouls for years, but I never have because ADHD. (laughs) Consequently, I have a vast well of internal monologues prepared about every episode because I've almost sent you a weekly email. After every episode, I fancy myself a teacher Drew level stan. In the spirit of not haunting you both with the ghouls of too many episodes past, I've decided to narrow the focus of my first teragram to a singular topic. And that topic is spooky homosexuals (laughs) the closest i've ever come to actually putting my thoughts in writing was when i heard your they slash them review i noticed this afternoon that i somehow missed your hellbent episode thinking i was sadly all cut up i was tickled as a i was tickled as pink as a pig on prom night to find this extra gay bonus episode (laughs) armed with not one but two homo horrific episodes to react to the power of mediocre gay cinema compelled me to finally come out of the coffin my name is john (laughs) and i proudly profess my undying love for the scaring and sharing podcast oh slash them was such a missed opportunity it had the potential to be the get out of gay horror and instead it's a distant cousin to the likes of soul survivor Hearing my favorite flaming scream queen BJP lament at the ways it could have been better was like listening to my own thoughts being spoken back at me, albeit in slightly less sibilant tones than my own voice. (laughs) Going into the movie, I had flights of fancy that I was about to see a Trump-era masterpiece, complete with homophobes meeting their ends and shockingly creative deaths that one could only expect from a queer creative team. After all, isn't it about time a spooky gays reclaim stabbed in the brain with a dildo from Scary Movie? I was anticipating a gay underground railroad tale with the final girls escaping conversion into a life of blissful nonconformity. And what I got was a by-the-numbers ripoff of every other subpar sleepaway camp ripoff. On the other hand, while certainly not the social commentary piece the queer horror community deserves, Hellbent at least rang more authentic to me. Hellbent and I go way back. I was but a wee gay when I watched this movie at an almost muted volume in the middle of the night on the Logo Network. Hellbent is a bit of a non-event, and that's what I love about it. The dynamic in this group of gay murder fodder is relatively realistic. Sexuality is not a point of perseveration. I don't know how to say that word. Like persevere and then Asian perseveration I, as as much sure. as a normalized character trait no one is overly promiscuous as far as we know no one has aids and several of the characters actually lead happy lives except for when they are being splatter killed by a leather daddy in a pretty creative killer costume of course for me the deficiencies that are obvious in this movie are overshadowed by the fact that this movie even exists i would love to hear both of your thoughts about more queer horror a few of my favorite fag tactic flicks are 2015's You're Killing Me, a slightly gayer take on the Dexter plot, and Teacher from and Teacher from 2019. While the latter is technically a drama, the IMDB plot synopsis uses the word disturbing in the first sentence. Thanks for indulging my big queer rant and for providing me hours of entertainment that I have so lovingly neglected recognizing for far too long. I promise not to be such a creepy lurker in the future. Stay spooky. Gay John. 
Thanks, Gay John. Yeah, that's awesome. What a fabulous letter. Yes, yes. I, I don't know either of those movies that John mentions. I don't yeah. know You're Killing Me from 2015 or Teacher from 2019. The name, the title You're Killing Me sounds familiar. So I'm wondering, I'll have to look that up and see if it sparks any memories. Yeah. And for me, I mean, the best gay horror movie, which is thriller is more appropriate, is Stranger by the Lake. So, John, if you have not seen it, yeah, please do because that yeah. is so fucking good. Oh uh, yeah, Stranger by the Lake was, yeah, that's like that's like elevated horror. It is elevated horror, but so good. And that other movie we watched with Christian and Ian from It's Only a Podcast was, um, oh shit, what was it with the 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 lesbian couple? Oh, uh, only it's left those- alive or something like that. Yeah, I was like, it's like, only you can kill my heart. Like, it's one of those <laughs> long titles that's a sentence, and I can't remember what it, what, it, what it was. Can you think of any other queer cinema? I mean, Knock at the Cabin, which is newer. I, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot. You have to, like, I think if you go with, like, campy, that always works, because you can do, like, whatever happened to Baby Jane and Straight mm-hmm. Jacket and things like that. But, like, straight up, like, gay characters leading the way is not something that happens as much as it should. What yes. keeps you alive is What that keeps movie. you alive, that's it. That's so, it. yeah, if you haven't seen that, John, I recommend it. Um, it is definitely, uh, it's a, a tense little watch, and I think there's a lot of good in it. Um. But yeah, there's just, there needs to be more gay horror. For as much as the horror community is so open, has open arms for so many different types of people, I just feel like we need a little bit more good gay horror. So I might have to check out those two that he recommended there. And, you know, of course you think of the the sort of, uh, whether it was by design or not, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, of course, sticks out as... uh, Oh, uh, yeah, classic. a huge piece yes. of that, and uh, and the documentary about it that we watched, uh, Scream Queen, Scream Queen, yeah, yeah, so fucking good. I love Scream Queen. So yes, I think John has seen that, but I'm not sure. Um, but yes, John and I talk on the reg on Facebook, so like Facebook Messenger. Mm. So um, so yeah, I I'm so excited that because he, he's told me he's meant to write in multiple times, and when this came through, I was just like, oh my god, it's he, happened. He did it. He did it. Awesome. So thank you so much, John. If anyone else has good queer horror, please let us know. But I'm definitely going to check out your Killing Me and Teacher. Yeah, going to have to look those up, see what that's all about. Yeah. Cool. So Jeremy, bring us on home with your final, with our final telegram from you, which are like a collection of thoughts from good old Lauren. Yes, from Lauren the Goth Botanist. Uh, And Lauren writes, I've been trying to come up with a name for the game of watching horror in public. It hasn't gone well. Public terrification, how to lose friends and repel people, sharing scares. Sorry, I've got nothing. I think sharing scares wins, but yes. <laughs> and then she continues. I tried to watch Exists the other night, mainly because I was curious if it was one of those movies I had seen and then forgotten. And it was free on one of my streaming services. I turned it on when I was in bed, which is a kiss of death for anything that can't keep my attention. The answer is nope. I hadn't seen this one and I fell asleep before anyone died, which is a bummer. And she wraps it up with, oh, look what came just in time. And it's a photo of the book I was talking about. It's Fangoria's 101 Best Horror Movies You've Never Seen. Yeah. Uh, and seeing that cover, I was like, yeah, that's right. And right on the cover you in this book, there is Lair of the White Worm, Ginger Snaps, Castle Freak, 
The Devil's Backbone, Pumpkinhead. Uh, and personally, I remember this book is how I first heard about From Beyond uh, mm. and Maniac Cop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Maniac Cop 2 might be in there, too. I can't remember, but... Which is the better. Yeah. But yes, uh, I think that Lauren means just in time because she just went to Mad Monster Expo. If you follow her on the socials, she has had uh, multiple pictures with yeah, multiple Yeah, I saw some cool stuff. Yeah, so I'm ready for a full report, Lauren, please. Yes, whenever you please. have a chance. There's awesome. a picture with her talking to Danhausen. <gasps> I haven't seen that one yet. Awesome. Yeah. Gotta yeah. check it. Oh, there it is. Oh, and he's cursing us. <laughs> They're both cursing us. Ah, don't curse us. There we go. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, Lauren, I can't wait to hear all about it. Looks like you had a, a fucking blast. I like um in regards to the title of um because if you first are checking in to our episode for the very first time, a couple episodes ago, I was t- watching like horrific shorts in uh an airport and an on an airplane, and um we were like, what could this game be called i like repelling repelling friends or repelling strangers in public it, it, places it, was, it sounds kind of like cards against humanity yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> of, of course i'm partial to sharing scares because that's what we do but <laughs> i just think that more people will be frightened than they will be intrigued that's for sure mostly but... or just like who is this weirdo <laughs> Do you know, I think my most used emoji is, like, the ghost going, like, kind of, like, saying, like, boo and, like, winking. I Mm -hmm. use that emoji all the fucking time. Awesome. What is your most used emoji, do you think? Let me look. I mean, well, when you look now, it's going to say, like, these are your most used, like, right now. Recently. I actually, I think the one I use the most is the metal horns hand. Of course you I, do. I use that a ton to people. So, yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That, that one or uh, uh, what's another one I use? I'm trying to think. Do you use I the use... vampire one very often? Actually, no, not the vampire, but I use the devil. Oh, Some, yeah. I use the devil face sometimes in conjunction with the metal horns. So to show that you're horny or to be like, I'm the devil to be like, hail Satan and, <laughs> <laughs> and rock on. So, oh, my God, I love it. So, yes, I want to know people's most used emojis, especially those that like fit into the horror vein, please, because I, I love those. There are like there's like the scream one. Um, I'm trying to think there's like a fairy. Uh, there's there's a few. There's a few. There's a zombie one, I think now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, I use the zombies sometimes okay. too yeah. i like that one as well yeah my um, go-to is just the ghost but i there's others that i should be using i've also got to because i talk about this uh, in the past and if you guys are just tuning in uh so my nephew uh is getting into like monsters and scary stuff like slowly he's he's young he's a young guy he's like four or five but he's starting to get into monsters uh and he has an imaginary friend sort of I don't know. It's sort of like moving beyond imaginary friend to just a character he's made up that I love named Choppy on this vacation. I got more Choppy lore um, because it continues to evolve. Apparently he rides shooting stars. Mm, Uh, mm -hmm. That's how he gets around um, because he lives in the sky Uh, and he eats people. That's oh. that's a new twist. Originally, his, his diet was originally, I think, jalapenos or something like that. But now he eats people. Um, okay. But but he does not eat aunts or uncles. So oh, okay. my wife and I are safe, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, we got some more choppy stories. And, and he made us all call for choppy. <laughs> we oh. were around the campfire on our last night, had a little fire. And he's like, 
We did. He wanted Choppy to show up, so he told us, "Like on three, all of you have to call out his name." So he made all of us call for Choppy. Oh my god! And it was That's the cutest, amazing, amaz- most amazingest thing. So I'm like, continue to love monsters, please, because I want to share this with you going forward. I wish it was that he only that he didn't eat ants and uncles, but ants like the insects and uncles yeah. like uncles. Mm-hmm. But he would eat like sarah because she's the ant right yeah he would eat her but not like an insect (laughs) (laughs) speaking of creepy insects we have for the last few years had um box elder bugs outside like out like in our like backyard which are so gross i mean they they could look grosser because they're like black and red they're kind of pretty almost in a way um we used to get them too you used to? What did you do to get rid of them? Nothing. They just stopped. Like this past spring, they just didn't show up. Because like the year before our house, I'd go in the backyard and they were like all over. They would like uh-huh. cover the backside of our house. And I'm yes. like, holy crap. See, we've been getting like an exterminator for a while. Like they come like every three months. And I hadn't seen them in a while. And then the, the other day I went out back to to do some yard work. And I mean, there were giant clusters. Oh, I'm getting like goosebumps just thinking about it. There were giant clusters of like little babies, like like in like a mound that looked like Ooh. almost like the shape of like a banana or a hot dog, like a big, like they weren't around anything. It was just all of them cluttered together. And um, our friends Gretchen and Steve were over and Steve like touched one and they all like scattered like you see like like the spiders do sometimes uh-huh. oh my god it was so heebie-jeebie and i hear that they're fr- they, that they love the box elder tree and I, I think maybe we have one back there so they, but you to cut down a tree is like thousands of dollars yeah exactly they they live in box elder trees which are apparently related to maple trees so also if you have a maple they live in oh. maple trees as well which is okay. what we have in, in our backyard we have a giant maple tree and i think that's where they were living for a long time but i don't know they seem to have moved on i don't know what's okay. going on but well, i don't see the them same as much will happen for us i hope that they just don't like i hear if they get in your house then you're kind of fucked so every once in a while i'll see one in the house but like i haven't seen like swarms of them so yeah i'm pretty away. sure we had that's the thing too what i know is they they don't stay in houses though like oh, they good. they they nest in the winter they come inside to sleep because they hibernate through the winter uh and then they wake up and leave because they're an outdoor bug they don't like to be inside but they'll get into houses for shelter so gross yeah um all right well thank you everyone for writing to us those were some good telegrams if you want to write to us scaring is sharing at gmail.com or follow us on insta scaring is sharing all one word <laughs> smash it together <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let's share our scares with each other. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do I think, it. I think I go first this time, you which was... do. I had, like, several things I wanted to do uh, that I was like, for, oh, I'm going to do this movie. No, oh, I want to do this movie now. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like, when I was half awake this morning, like, waking up before dawn, I woke up and in my head a movie just popped. And I'm like, that's the movie I'm going to assign Randy <laughs> Joe today. <laughs> So it's this third random one that came out of nowhere. We've talked about it. You've said you've wanted to see it. I'm giving you tentacles. Oh, fun. Okay. I know it's like a giant octopus. And I know Shelly Winters is in it. So I'm wondering if I can get my husband to watch it with me, which is always a, a feat, a fun, fun adventure. Um, yeah. And I think it's like more boring than Jaws. I think that you've said that. I think it's like kind of boring. So, um, but but I'm, I'm excited to check it out. So yeah, giant. Yeah. Um, 
giant giant octopus and i'm uh, excited to re-watch it so that i can uh reevaluate and see if i have more fun now that i know what it is i'm excited to re-watch it and see how i feel this time so okay okay i uh, was thinking one thing but now i think i'm gonna go more of the silly route mm. i think and i'm gonna give you because i know you haven't watched it i'm gonna give you slacks Sla- oh okay yeah i heard about this it's got it literally has something to do with pants from what I remember hearing, uh, I think it's like a slasher, murder, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's haunted pants that kill people. Haunted, <laughs> haunted pants that escape from a dry cleaner and go on a killing spree or something. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. All right. Well, let's fucking watch him and fucking come back and talk about him. Awesome. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. This is it. Time for the movies. Yep, we shared them, and now we talk about them. Uh, and up first is Tentacoli. That's mm-hmm. apparently, I think I'm saying that right. That's the Italian title, Tentacles. Sounds like a by, soda. I know, Tentacoli. Or that might be the better name for Tentacoli, Choppy's brother, Tentacoli. <laughs> uh, but if you know, you know. Uh, moving on, directed by Ovidio G. Asinitis. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably butchering that. Sorry to uh, our Italian friends out there. Uh, from 1977, the tagline is, it's turning the beach into a buffet. <laughs> Which is great. And the description is, several people disappear from and at the sea. Their bodies are found not into the skeleton. Even the marrow is missing. The scientists have no idea which animal could have done such things. Dr. Turner begins to suspect that the company which builds a tunnel beneath the bay might have poisoned the environment and caused an octopus to mutate to giant dimensions. Uh, did, did that happen? Did that happen with the skeletons? Yeah. Oh, there is there is okay. like a line in there where they're talking about like the oh. nature of the uh, oh just a line though yeah of the attacks okay yeah no because there's that like one body that comes up that looks like super decomposed and they're like that guy just went missing this morning okay yeah because and how would you know like what the fuck okay I you already said it like I when I asked my husband if he wanted to watch this which he did he was like what is it and I said tentacles and he's like eh. I'm like Shelly Winters is in it and he said oh yeah okay <laughs> that's all you need to turn yeah. my husband on as little Shelly Winters what a <laughs> yep. homo yep. Um, but I, I was like it's a it's a boring movie about a killer octopus is how I described it to him because that's what I remembered from you that's what I said and it. God <laughs> that is an understatement and the whole time I just kept thinking would I rather watch an incredibly boring movie about a like a hor- an incredibly boring horror movie or like just an incredibly stu- like like things killing three? I don't know which I'd rather sit through. Mm-hmm. Like because one is like this is just like what, why, how it is so dull. Like dull doesn't even describe it. Yeah, the only good things are the octopus scenes. But, like, even those are over way too quick and confusing. Half the time, I'm not sure what's happening. Like, the action is so poorly shot You're not and choreographed, you're not sure what's going. Like, the scene with the boat race, where everyone just starts 
falling off the boats and you're like is that the octopus i guess it's the octopus or are they just just crashing into each other it's really confusing so it is so confusing like the best scene is when the one girl's sister or whatever is out like in the boat with like the two guys and it's at Mm -hmm. night that's the best scene Yes, I think just for like tension, which that's the thing. This movie has no tension. No, it doesn't. There's no thrills. There's no chills. (laughs) It's just boring. (laughs) It is so boring. And Shelly Winters is way too old to be someone's mom. She's 57 when they did this movie. Okay. She should have been his grandma. Yeah, she should have been the grandma. Also, my favorite part, I think, of the entire movie is when she just wears a giant straw sombrero for some oh, reason. Oh, my God. And y'all, <laughs> when we say giant straw sombrero, not kidding. It is comically large. <laughs> it is the true star of this movie. And she just, she's just wearing it out. And they're like, <laughs> just out on the town with her kids. <laughs> And I read something like the boat race costs like $5 to enter. And I read with inflation, that would be like $22 today. It was just oh, a fun wow. tip that I read. <laughs> but yeah, I wrote the boy boat massacre WTF. Cause I was just so confused. Like yeah. they're, they're all out there. They're all freaking out. And all of a sudden they all start falling off. And then it's like, are they all dead? But then there's boats that come to shore with all of them in tow, except one. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah. Because there's a scene where it cuts to just the boats all drifting and no people to be seen. And you're like, did the octopus kill everyone? Like, what is happening? Um, The whole thing starts off with this baby, like in a carriage being sort of mm -hmm. left over by like a like a a cliff. And so, sorry, let me just preface this by saying this is just a Jaws ripoff made by Italians featuring an octopus. Like, there's so many parallels. I don't know Jaws that well, but I know it well enough to know. You are straight up ripping off Jaws. Yes, it is. Down to the name, Tentacles. Like, it's just a straight up cash grab ripoff. So, but in the beginning, there's this baby in a carriage, like, over kind of by the sea. And this woman, like, leaves it because it's the 70s or whatever. And she goes to, like, talk to one of her friends. And then, like, she turns around and the, the carriage is gone. But, like, it's the most boring baby killing ever. Yeah. Like, no tension. Like... Uh, yeah and and i i love how i think somewhere they say it's california in the Mm -hmm. beginning but it's very clearly in europe because you're like these buildings are tiny everything you know like this is not it's very clearly shot in italy or greece or somewhere you know on the mediterranean because you're like i feel like i read that they did film it in california did they actually shoot in california i think they did i was reading in the trivia you keep talking and i'll look Maybe Talk I'm entirely about the wrong. Octopus, because I think you know about that. Oh yeah, that is like <laughs> the octopus is fun <laughs> when they show it. Like, because you know, with a shark, you have that perfect profile of you get to show a shark fin, because uh, that that's actually you know sharks behave in that manner. Whereas the octopus, they like show the top of its head rise out of the water and start zipping around, like in the boat scene. I was gonna say they like, they all start crashing into each other. But then it keeps cutting to like the eyes of the octopus popping out of the water and just like zipping around. Uh, and it looks ridiculous. And you're like, octopuses don't do that. Like, this is all crazy. And also they they built like a life-size octopus. They're like, all right, we're going to have this great big octopus. They spent nearly a million dollars on this <laughs> life-size octopus. And it just sank to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. Oh, my God. I also read that the script for this was written originally... This was supposed to be a comedy. Like the oh, first. Oh, see, well, um, it would have been the most boring comedy ever, but if they would have yeah. there would have been more of those hats. 
Yeah, if they had stuck to it, because originally it was written as like a spoof of Jaws or a spoof of animal attack movies. Uh, But then the producer had it rewritten as like a straight laced like horror movie or attempted to like keep it serious. And I think that's why we got this boring thing, because this is just ridiculous. So would it have been more like Piranha, like in that way? Like Piranha is kind of a comedy, right? That's what I would imagine, like something a little more. I will say, though, the octopus has quite the body count in this. Like when you stop and think about the number of people it kills, uh, more than Jaws, but half the time you're like, I don't know who these characters are because it's like now these divers are down there. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's hard to keep track. And like John Houston, John Houston is a big part of this for like the first two acts. And then he just disappears in the third act. And and then it's all with same with what's her bot with Shelly Winters and Shelly Winters. They're just out of the plot. And then in the third act, it's all about. And how about the fact that this is now the third movie we've watched for the show with Bo Hopkins in it. Oh, yeah, I didn't even put that together. Totally forgot that like he was in here because between Mutant and Nightmare at Noon and now Tentacles, I was like, oh, yeah, Bo Hopkins plays the Orca trainer. Oh, the Orcas. That Just the whole finale. I'm just like, why, let it be over. Yes, please let this end. Yeah, the fact that and then the heroes are just these Orcas. At the end oh of the day, just these random, they're like, how do we stop the octopus? I don't know. Let's use these killer whales. It is utterly put downable. Yes. Okay. Utterly put downable. Like this thing is just a, it's a mess. It's, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this, but I warned you all those years ago, but you'd mentioned, uh, yeah, like in the beginning, right? Literally like two years ago when we started this show, I think is when I first talked about it. Yeah. And I just yeah. thought there's no way it can be that bad, but it yeah. is that bad. And somehow I thought it would be more fun, but rewatching it again, I'm like, nah, this is mostly like a mess, this movie. And it's like an hour 40. <sighs> Should not be that long. No. And there's like these weird freeze frames, like during the boat race that just oh, keep yeah. happening. Yes. During the boat race. And there's an, yeah, yeah. They keep going freeze frame, freeze frame <laughs> on things that aren't even like, shocking or crazy like i think there's one on the comedian that's telling some weird story yeah, to the crowd. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so odd <laughs> they did film i think the majority of it in california oh they did okay yeah but it feels european maybe because they have all those italian actors yes because most most of the actors are dubbed over horribly in that italian uh-huh. style with like really bad voice acting so but yeah it's like the idea of a killer octopus is fun but like if it it probably would be better if it was campy and if you had it like coming up out of the ground or you had like really bad like a little mm-hmm. miniature like lake and it was popping up out of that or something yeah and grabbing people or something yeah but it's just it's confusing it's boring it's all the things you want from a horror movie. <laughs> it's got tons <laughs> of stock footage of just real octopuses like every time they do an underwater scene it's just these, you know, footage of real octopuses or the orcas. It's clearly stock footage from like a nature documentary of orcas swimming. So, yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah. Do yeah, one out of two out of two does not recommend. I'm going to say. Yeah, most likely. So, <laughs> but yeah, unless you got anything else to say about tentacle, I mean, this <clears throat> thing is just, I can't believe we did it. <laughs> I but just I could not have imagined that it would be as bad as it was. Yeah. And now I have this on a I have this on Blu-ray. Uh and because Scream Factory put this out 
as a double feature because I wanted the other movie that it came with, which was Reptilicus, uh, oh. which is a it's a fun uh, Danish ripoff of Godzilla. Um, and that's a lot more fun in a so bad it's good kind of way, much more entertaining than Tentacles is. Um, the pairing of those two is also because Samuel Arkoff direct, uh, sorry, not directed, produced both. Uh, and he was like a big producer that, you know, if you look him up, there's a he, he did a ton of movies and a lot of B movies, Tentacles and Reptilicus being a couple of them. And the one thing we didn't talk about is the music, which I didn't hate. I don't know that it felt right. No, the music is cool. And this is the movie. Some of the music was reused in piercing. Oh, yeah. So interesting. I remember that from when we watched piercing and I was like, why does this music sound so familiar? Like, I know they're going for a Jalo vibe with this. Uh, and then I found out, oh, they they uh, they reutilize tracks from tentacles, a soundtrack in piercing. OK, OK. Yeah, I see. I was going to look. I know my husband just watched this. And so and I just asked him what he rated it. And he said, look on my letterbox. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, but it's hard. Uh, how do I just go and find someone on Letterboxd? Followers. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm curious what he gave it. Oh, I know. I know what he gave it. <laughs> OK. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, I don't know that I have anything else. On, yeah, that's on the matter. it. I think let's move on. And out of out of five um, babies eaten off screen, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it one solid baby. One solid baby. You know, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Um, I had enough fun making fun of it. See, I, I watched this with my brother. So that was that helped. That mm-hmm. helped Fair. the medicine help the medicine go down so okay uh yeah i'm gonna give it a two it's another one of those like watch at your own risk definitely watch with people that are gonna help you make fun of this because this is not going to be enjoyable like you need to you need to be ready to just rip into this thing so you sure do that's tentacles so take it and throw it on the slash throw it on the slash heap that's right Gross, gross, gross. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Moving on. Definitely not. All right. We are moving on to Slacks. Slacks? From, it says 2020, but it came out last year, right? I think that was the last year release. That's so weird. It says 2020, though. I know Letterboxd likes to use, like, if it ever, if it played at, like, a film festival or something first. Like, so some things are, like. I thought that just came out, but that was probably wide release. I bet you it premiered at like, you know, some indie film fest or something first. Okay. And it is directed by Elsa Kephart. And the letterbox tagline is an ass to die for. <laughs> and the description is when a possessed pair of jeans begins to kill the staff of a trendy clothing store, it is up to Libby, an idealistic young sales clerk, to stop its bloody rampage. What did you? Think of slacks. This was a lot of fun, especially for, you know, I don't know. I guess it's mild spoilers, but like there's no way around it. It's a movie about killer pants. Yeah. I mean, it says right there, right? <laughs> yeah. But that it's like I would rather watch this than rubber. And I didn't hate rubber. I just didn't yeah. love rubber. And I, I'm not saying I loved this necessarily, but I found it more fun than I found rubber. Yeah, I think this is 
more fun, more kinetic than I remember rubber being. I don't know. So um, tell I, me more. I feel like I've already forgotten most of what happened in rubber anyway. So <laughs> hard to uh, hard to compare. But uh, no, no, no. I had fun with this. This was like it started out kind of like, OK, like this is real ridiculous real cheeky like you know they're making fun of uh consumer culture like it's definitely a satire around uh the clothing industry and consumer culture and exploitation that these industries have of uh um i hate using the phrase you know the third world but um you know uh countries where it's it's easy to exploit workers um Mm -hmm. for these industries uh but there's also like some really good takedown of like I, I really feel it just the the empty platitudes that the like store manager gives like that's such a corporate America thing like I've felt that so often throughout my careers in corporate America oh, yeah. of just like work harder but also we value you and think you're a you know a unique and an important person but just just work that's all we want you to do is work for us like, like we don't actually care so like I loved that like they nailed that perfectly where they just we respect your identity and who you are as a human, except actually we don't. That's not the nature of corporate America. It doesn't respect humans at all. So, Yeah, I've not worked in corporate retail before, but if you have, I think this movie will definitely yeah. speak to you because it definitely feels sort of like a gap. Mm-hmm. Like the gap is kind of what it, it feels like. But I think it's called um, CCC Canadian Cotton Clothes is like the name of the, the store. And it just is set up very much like a gap. Uh-huh. And yes, there's just this, th- there's this new pair of jeans that's coming out that is sort of a like custom fit to your body. And it's supposed to be released like the next day. So they're like there for like an overnight to like prepare the store for Monday. Makeover or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and, and yes, and all of a sudden one of the pairs of jeans that's sort of hidden away because they're not supposed to be put out yet. Cause everyone's so like hungry for them. Uh, someone finds one puts them on and it kills her. And then that pair of pants just goes on a continuous rampage throughout the night. Yeah. And here's what I'll say. A movie about killer jeans knows how long it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause yep. it is an hour and like 15 minutes. And that's perfect. And it, it's the perfect length. What makes the movie work, too, is it commits to the bit like, you know, it like it knows it's ridiculous, but it doesn't try to be too funny. It's it's funny, but it's not trying too hard to be hilarious. And it's still giving you like it's gory and it's got good kills. So it's still trying to be a horror movie Mm -hmm. like it just it just works. They just the heightened quirky reality works here. Yeah, it's never trying to be scary, but it definitely is gross. Like there's some really good gore, lots of blood. Fingers ripped off, hands ripped off, throat slit, waists, I don't know, cinch so much that you, you pop, I guess. You pop. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a ton of fun. But yeah, definitely gory, which I love. Like it's like definitely a horror movie. And then it also has these deeper levels to it. But it doesn't also, it doesn't try to go too deep. Like it definitely, like mm-hmm. it's you like everything you said, it speaks to that, which I appreciate. Like fair trade and things being organic and sweat shops and things like that like all of these it, it like sort of speaks to them and mm-hmm. sort of tears them down a little bit um and corporate retail overall but then it, it is it's just it's a lot of fun it's just yeah. silly it's just silly because it's just killer blue jeans that... really my biggest gripe with it is the poster i know the jeans the way they walk is you so walk funny. around wait, did wait, you watch wait. the credits yes where it shows the behind the scenes of yeah the, so it shows the, the... like 
like a puppetry. person hold, you know, the, the puppetry of the pants, really. Yeah. And and that's really fun. Did you do you remember the show Puppetry of the Penis? Do you remember hearing about that? Yes. And I think that they filmed it at some point, but I never watched it. Puppetry of the Penis. There's another show that our friend Ronnie, who like is sort of the reason Joe and I are together. I think it's called the Penis Talk Show. Mm-hmm. And it's down in Florida. And I think you get, I think it like can change every week because it is sort of set up like a talk show. But I think the people in the talk show are like behind a screen and it's just like below the waist. They're naked, like penises out and they're asked questions about sex and things like that <laughs> but it's called the penis talk show it's just all of this made me think of that but i don't like i love the poster for like it's sort of it kind of has an 80s vibe and it's fun but like there's nothing dangerous looking about the jeans no like it just is sort of like if you took away the word slacks yeah it you wouldn't know what it was no you because- think it was like an 80s movie and i wish that it like i wish slacks was almost like like, I don't know, like cut into the person's back or something. Yeah, because all it is is the font is scary. Yeah. And if you took away slacks, you'd be like, is this like an 80s like sex comedy? Like, what is this? Yeah. Or like if the pants were cinching her waist so much that it was like bleeding down the pants, just something like yeah. it's, it's a provocative poster because it's like a hot butt with like some cool 80s looking bracelets on like the, the hand that's like resting on the butt. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to dive into a little bit more. Of what the movie's all about. Yeah. That's, that makes that's what sense. I would like more. That makes sense. And I, I think the acting is so good in this. I think that it yeah. everyone is like so well made for their roles. I love the the little lead girl. Her name is Romaine Dennis, who plays Libby. She's so cute. So mm-hmm. the perfect like noob to a job. Like she's so great. And like the main manager, Craig, who's Brett Donahue. And then I li- really love the um the performer, I think Shruti is the name. They don't have a picture in here. But the the one, like, there's the scene where she's listening to, like, Bollywood music and the mm-hmm. band starts dancing. It is so funny. I definitely LOL'd a second time yeah. watching it. At that point, once it gets to that part in the movie, like, where you're like, I'm not sure where this is going or what this is going to be. Uh, but once it gets to the pants, just rampaging, it's it's nonstop fun at that point. And it just doesn't take too long to get where it's going to go. Like it starts and then there's just like some briefest little scenes in between. And then you're just like constantly going back to it, which again, it's like this movie knows what it is. And it's like, Hey, you know, we know you don't want to see this for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep this brief and sweet. And the director Elsa Kephart also has a short called naughty socks with three x's so so she definitely loves doing clothes clothes and extra letters yeah yeah (laughs) which i i wasn't able to like watch it or find much out about it Hmm. um let me just see it says it's a tv series it's four episodes Hmm. um and let me just see if it says what it's about at all it doesn't it just says sock it to me is the tagline so yeah i don't know much about naughty socks but but i'm excited to shoot it like it's a it's a splashy flashy little movie that i is one of the better shutter like originals picked up by them yeah so yeah definitely i think it's it's one one that i definitely was not going to watch i think our friends over it's only a podcast liked it i think teacher drew is a big fan if i remember correctly so i think that like certain people talking about it i was like okay fine i'll I'll check it it out yeah and i was like oh yeah that was fun yeah it's not on my top 
fun list quick from list. Last year. Yeah, fun quick watch. Yeah, fun quick bloody love yeah. it and like silly with some good acting. That's the thing. Like if all those elements can line up, then hey, you have yourself a good time. Perfect. Yeah. What else? I don't know. I think that's really that's what <laughs> yeah, I got. I mean, yeah. Short movie, short review. Yeah, short movie. There's not a lot to say about it except it was fun. Watch Slacks if you want to see Killer Pants. Yeah, this is the movie I mean, for you. Thought? Yeah, exactly. What a thought. Yeah. All right. Well, out of um, five pant faces, because at one point the the pants attack, and you definitely see a face. Yes. In it, like through its its um, pockets and its opening. Uh-huh. So out of five pant faces attacking you, I'm going to give, give it. I'm giving it a solid three. I'm giving it three and a half. Ooh, so there not is bad. a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, spash. Good. One on the slash sheet, one to recommend. Yeah, so I think that's exactly what we had last week, too. It is weird, huh? I know. Well, let's see if we can keep it up next week. We'll have to fucking see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know either. But we'll find out. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaringasharing. All one word. <laughs> that is fucking right. Um, and uh, thank you. And uh, you want to see something really scary? Hmm. It's almost spooky season, too. I'm getting excited. You know, summer's coming to an end. And yeah. The seasons change. And you know what, guys? Who gives a fuck about movies? <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.